Hello, this is Tim Conley from the International Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to Trading Thoughts, where we discuss how business is shaping our world. As governments continue to address the COVID-19 pandemic, how can we ensure that the UN's Sustainable Development Goals are at the heart of the economic recovery? ICC spoke with Jack McConnell, the former First Minister of Scotland and member of the UK House of Lords, to discuss how policymakers and business leaders can work together to provide for a sustainable recovery for all. Jack, thank you for joining us today. Uh, first and foremost, how have you been doing over the past few weeks, especially given the uptick of COVID-19 cases in the UK? Well, it's been a tough few months for many, many people. I personally feel that, although I don't enjoy restrictions, I feel very, very lucky to have the house that I have, to have you know, to live in a beautiful part of Scotland, to be able to occasionally travel to London to work in Parliament. Uh, and, and compared to the lives that others have lived these past nine months and all their worries about the future, I feel, uh, I have to say, I feel lucky every day. Excellent. Um, you know, as you just mentioned, COVID-19 is having a devastating uh, impact on the health uh, of people everywhere. Uh, it's producing, obviously, harsh uh, socioeconomic effects on the lives and livelihoods of people around the world. The World Bank recently estimated that COVID-19 induced poverty will rise between 119 and 124 million people. Uh, given the situation, what impact do you think the pandemic will have on the achievement of the UN Sustainable Development Goals? Well, the global community, if I can describe it as that, was unfortunately was already behind the, the uh, stage that they should have reached by now to achieve these sustainable development goals by 2030. And the pandemic has uh, put a rocket into that, really. It's uh, obviously had a major impact on health across the world, not just the health of those affected by COVID-19, but the impact on health systems who have been struggling to cope and in many cases have had to postpone operations or cancel vaccination programs for other conditions. Mm. But the impact is much wider than that. And we've seen it through school closures and uh, the reduction of availability in higher and further education. We've seen uh, economic closures, jobs uh, disappearing for good. And uh, I think a threat to confidence, not just growth, but confidence internationally in trading and the availability of supplies of goods and services uh, and I think that will have an impact on investment in the future too. So this challenge is now right across the board. And if we're going to get back on track for the SDGs, we need to put the SDGs right at the very heart of our recovery uh, globally, not just nationally, but globally. Right. And uh, for, for our listeners out there, we're recording this episode right before ICC UK's upcoming event which is exactly on that topic, placing the SDGs at the heart of the global recovery, which Jack, you yourself, you're moderating that event. Um, with speakers from government, business, and civil society participating in that event, what do you think attendees should watch for? Well, I think the, there are two really important uh, messages here for businesses and governments around the world. 
The first is that if we are going to recover uh, from this situation in a way that is not just successful, but sustainable and is more resilient to the sort of shocks we might have uh, in the future, then we need to have a proper framework for recovery that can deliver that kind of economic and social change. And the SDGs give us that opportunity. Uh, so uh, what we will be discussing next week in the conference is the vital importance of using this ready-made framework, uh, uh, almost an oven-ready framework for sustainability and a proper recovery um, that, that we can pick off the shelf and, uh, and put at the center of our decision-making. But I think it's also important, this is not just about delivering the SDGs just because they are United Nations agreed targets. This is about being successful in the modern world where we will face pandemics, uh, climate, climate threats, economic shocks, and of course, uh, occasionally the threat of conflict and bad governance too. And the SDGs give us a way to grow our economies, to improve our societies, to create hope for all and leave no one behind. Uh, that is absolutely vital if we're going to do that in a way that survives decade after decade and gives us the best possible chance for people and planet. Um, I mean, on the topic of climate threats and economic shocks, 2021 is shaping up to be a big year for the United Kingdom and the SDGs. Uh, most notably, the UK is set to host the G7 in June, as well as COP26 uh, in November to discuss climate negotiations, of course. What role can the United Kingdom in particular play in ensuring a sustainable recovery for all? One of the things that will be highlighted at our conference next week is that in many ways, the private sector, big companies, particularly multinational companies, have been far ahead of governments uh, in delivering the sustainable development goals and putting them at the heart of their strategy uh, over the last five years. So uh, this year is a real opportunity, not just for governments to do the right thing, but in some ways to catch up and to realise the potential of these goals and this strategic framework. And I hope that the UK government will use the G7 as a springboard to, towards the uh, COP26 at the, end of the, at the end of the year to make sure that we put uh, sustainable development right at the heart uh, of a recovery that builds back better for citizens all over the world. They have an opportunity here to show leadership with other major economies and major governments. Uh, they can bring others into the tent for that discussion and then they can show us the way uh, that not just the private sector, but the public sector can make the right decisions moving forward. Taking a look back at 2020, uh, it was seen as such a critical year for climate ambition with countries set to submit revised climate plans, also ongoing Article 6 negotiations. Um, what effect do you think that the postponement of COP26 by one year will have on reaching climate targets outlined by the Paris Agreement. Do you think that, you know, negotiators, businesses, governments participating in COP26 this year, do you think that they'll need a little bit more extra motivation going in? Well, I think if the pandemic has not reminded all of us of the threat of a major shock to our societies around the world, then um, we're not paying very much attention. Uh, and while it was right to postpone COP26 to make sure that the preparations were all in place and to then put the summit at the start of the recovery rather than the middle of the pandemic, 
you know, we need to see from governments all over the world uh, over the next few months proper plans of action that build greater resilience into national systems, not just to achieve zero carbon, but to uh, be able to mitigate climate change and the extreme shocks that our countries will face in, in the years before we get this under control. So I hope the governments all over the world are looking at the, uh, the difficulties, the times, the chaos of the past 12 months because we were not properly prepared for a pandemic and they will decide that they want to be properly prepared for climate changes over the coming years. But in particular, they want to stop the worst of that and get proper plans of action in place for zero, net zero emissions and for a better and safer world. I mean, this is not an SDG at the moment, but maybe it should become one. The topic of distributing vaccines, um, according to a recent ICC commission study, the global economy could lose as much as $9.2 trillion, half of which would fall on advanced economies if governments fail to ensure developing economies access to COVID-19 vaccines. Um, how should the United Kingdom respond to this worrying trend of vaccine nationalism? And do you think that there is capacity at the G7 or G20 level to take concrete action to ensure equitable vaccine access for everyone? Well, I think it's not just a case of there being capacity at the G7 or the G20, but an absolutely essential case for leadership from the G7 and the G20 to make sure that vaccines are available throughout the world not just to vulnerable groups, but to those who need to move for employment, whether it's within their own region or internationally, uh, and, and critically to protect things like trade routes so that we can keep the global economy moving should we face continuing difficulties with this virus or, or, or any other. I think we've learned, uh, if we've learned one thing over the past 12 months, it is surely our interdependence as a world today, where a vaccine that starts in one part of the world can be shutting down shops and restaurants and homes and schools in every other part of the world within a matter of weeks where a new strain that develops uh, somewhere uh, in the UK or in Southern Africa can suddenly have an impact in every continent. Uh, and we need to realise, I think, that not only is it fair to distribute and deliver vaccines well throughout the world, rich and poor, but it's also the right thing to do to beat the virus and make sure we're able to recover sustainably for the future. Um, you've touched upon this next question in a few of your answers already, but I think it's worth revisiting. It's clear that many governments and policymakers were taken off guard by the current pandemic. Um, are there any lessons that we can draw from our handling of the pandemic that could help accelerate uh, our achievement of the SDGs in the future? Well, I think it's interesting that if we look back to the debates around 2015, when the Sustainable Development Goals, the UN Global Goals, were being agreed, there was a lot of focus on the objective of leave no one behind, the objectives in education or in health or in infrastructure uh, and so on. But actually, the debates and the discussions were also about resilience. Uh, and this was a very key point that was made again and again by Amina Mohammed, who's now the Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations and is speaking at our conference next week. And Amina stressed constantly in 2015 that this was not just about 
growing better and leaving no one behind. It was also about being more resilient when shocks came along. And as far as I'm concerned, governments throughout the world did not listen closely enough to that. And we found ourselves in a situation with this pandemic where we were not prepared, not resilient enough. And that will happen again in climate or in conflict or in economic shocks in the future unless we're better prepared. So the SDGs are a roadmap for recovery. They are an essential precondition to leave no one behind, but they're also the way in which we are more resilient as societies in the future. And I hope therefore that governments will see the opportunity this year to put the SDGs at the heart of their recovery. Finally, Jack, ICC has a network of over 45 million companies of all sizes, sectors and geographies. What one message would you leave uh, with business leaders listening in today? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate ICC for their leadership on, on these issues. Working with the UN Global Compact, they have been uh, striking out now for some time to promote the SDGs and to persuade business that this is the right way, and governments, this is the right way to go. Uh, but I, I also think that we have seen across the private sector, particularly some of the biggest, most important multinationals in the world, we have seen the private sector be a step ahead of government on these SDGs. The private, the best private companies in the world have seen that developing sustainably is a much better business model. It protects their customers, it protects their employees, it protects their supply chains, and it protects their investments. And I, I hope therefore that we can convince more and more uh, national and international companies to come on board this SDG train but also that we can now see the leadership from governments that businesses deserve in order to create the right frameworks for businesses to create jobs and grow again in a more sustainable way. Jack, uh, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule today for uh, to join us here on ICC Trading Thoughts. And for all the listeners that are interested in learning more, definitely attend uh, ICC UK's event, which will be taking place next week. Uh, thanks again, Jack. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Trading Thoughts. We'd like to thank Jack for participating in today's episode. For more information on the International Chamber of Commerce's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, please visit our website at iccwbo.org. That's iccwbo.org. Share your thoughts about today's episode on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook using hashtag TradingThoughts. See you next time.